Hello and welcome to the Brutal Iron Gym Podcast, where our goal is to cut through the BS and deliver the brutal truth about topics related to health and happiness. Today's podcast number 1,922. The topic is in-depth and the title is Client Overview, What Are Their Goals and What Are We Doing to Reach Them? I was talking with one of my business clients, a personal trainer, and we do uh, weekly Zoom sessions. We were discussing some of their clients, the struggles they're facing with their clients, and then I was sharing some stories from experiences with my clients. The conversation was fun, and my client, the trainer, said that it was helpful to hear what I was doing with clients that were related to their struggles. So they could kind of steal those ideas <laughs> and uh, use those to try to progress forward with those clients. It was a fun conversation. We both enjoyed it. And the trainer said, man, it would be nice to hear more of these. And I was like, well, what do you know? <laughs> I have this daily podcast thing that I could maybe do that with. <laughs> so we were joking. But I thought it might be fun to share. Uh, just maybe every once in a while do a client overview where I discuss you know, what a client's goals are, the struggles they've faced, and how we're working to overcome them, and if those, you know, ideas are working or not, <laughs> and uh, just how we've adjusted along the way. I thought this might actually be something fun to eventually do on YouTube. I'm starting to produce more videos on YouTube, so if you haven't checked this out on YouTube, please do. It's under the same name, Brutal Iron Gym. Um, my goal is to post a video every day, and then post some extra ones here and there when I can. But I want to start adding to the daily podcast with daily videos on YouTube. What I thought could be fun would be to have a video series where a listener or viewer would do a zoom into uh, the session. We would record it to where people could see my face on the YouTube. They could see the person's face. And then we kind of go through and talk about their struggles live, and then provide advice. I thought that might be fun. If somebody doesn't want to have their face shown on YouTube, I'd understand that. So maybe we do more like a, a caller kind of structure. But I really love the idea of getting to do it live and getting to help people. Um, I just think it's super fun. So if it's something you think would be interesting, whether you want to participate or not, but if you'd be interested to watch that, and then I'll probably try to figure out how to record it for a podcast as well. So we'll make it a podcast and a YouTube video where a listener or viewer calls in. We talk about their goals, their struggles, and I give advice to overcome that. And maybe it turns into like, you know, maybe a 30-minute podcast or 30-minute show. If you think that would be a fun idea, just let me know. My email is brutalirongym at gmail.com. I always want to make content that I think people would find beneficial. So a lot of the times I'm kind of guessing based on what I do with my clients. But if there is something specific that you would like to know more about, please let me know. If this is idea is something you think would be helpful, uh, please let me know that as well. So for this client, um, I actually decided to pick the client that was related to what uh, my client and I were talking about. So her goal is fat loss and the the kind of the secondary goal we have with it is strength, 
with the idea to possibly participate in a powerlifting meet. Now, I have this, uh, I work with a lot of powerlifters. I do work with a lot of people who uh, are brand new to a gym. I have to teach them what the difference between a dumbbell and a barbell is. I work with people who are do aesthetic competitions. People have pro cards and are wanting to get pro cards, whether it's drug tested or non-tested. I work with athletes, musicians. I've worked with models before. It's super fun. Um, you can go to our website, www.brutalirongym.com. On the homepage is a list of my history of clients. And I've worked with just an incredible variety of people because I've been doing this since I was 18 years old. I'm 40 years old now. So I've gotten to work with a lot of different populations, learned a lot of things. I used to teach at the university level. I taught for seven and a half years teaching weight training and uh, exercise physiology labs and some stuff like that. So a lot of fun, a lot of experience. And this client specifically, they wanted fat loss, but they believe that their journey to their ideal body is going to be exactly that. It's going to be a journey. It's going to kind of take some time. It's not like a 30-day, you know, madness or even a 90-day madness. They came at me, and basically what happened is they weighed 200 pounds for the first time in their life. And this was a former college athlete. Typically, you know, they would have said they were always in Like, they were always athletic, they were always active, but they were never actually in great shape, and when the scale hit 200 pounds, see, so that was it. (laughs) Um, That was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back, so she reached out and said that she wanted help, and she had been trying to do it on her own, but when she saw 200 on the scale, she realized, okay, I I need some help. I I want someone to come in fix this, get me back on track, kind of show me what's going on. So with that in mind, we knew that this was going to be, the goal was fat loss, but the goal was also to do this in a lifestyle sustainable way. We don't want to just take the weight off and have a bounce back. She wants it gone forever. So she's also coming from a sports background and college sports background she's very competition driven or competition motivated that's a typical mindset for her so she thought pairing the goal of fat loss with uh, some type of tangible thing that she could do uh, would help so she always liked the idea of powerlifting so she decided to do a powerlifting meet she thought that would be A great motivator to eat better, a great motivator to get in the gym regularly was knowing that eventually she was going to step on stage and do a competition and she'd be accountable for what she did or didn't do. So that helped with accountability. And it also helped with the idea of focusing on what her body could do rather than just what it looked like. And that was what I loved is she came to me with all these ideas and I was like, wow, you've really thought this through and you did a great job. So... She knew if she was only focusing on the scale and only focusing with how she looked in the mirror, that that was going to be kind of a defeating process because body change happens slowly and body change kind of happens from the inside out, especially when you're talking about strength and muscle development. And what I mean by that is when you're trying to build muscle, you are building the muscle that is underneath layers of fat. So you might be able to build some significant muscle. But it doesn't make you automatically leaner. It doesn't mean that you automatically kind of have these veins everywhere and you look super muscular because there's still the layer of fat over top. 
So when you're trying to reduce body fat, say you have an inch of fat everywhere on your body. Of course, we don't store fat evenly on our body, but let's just say that for uh, the sake of making this conversation easier. <laughs> um, there's a, a one-inch layer of fat on your body. We can work really hard and get it from one inch down to three-quarters of an inch. But you're, you're not going to see much difference there. Three-quarters of an inch of fat still hides a lot of muscle, still hides a lot of detail. Um, so you'd have to then get it down to a half inch. You maybe see a little more kind of shape change. Then you get down to a quarter of an inch and you're like, oh, wow. You know, I can start to see, you know, here's my shoulders compared to my bicep or tricep. Uh, you know, kind of here's the different muscles in my back. Now my back just doesn't look like one, like, blank slate <laughs> of tissue. Yeah, there's actually some bumps and some muscles to it. Get from a quarter inch down to an eighth inch, and all of a sudden you're like, I can see everything. This is amazing. Uh, so at first, going from one inch to three-quarter inch maybe doesn't make that much of a difference visually. It's a huge difference uh, fat loss-wise and health-wise and, and towards your end goal, yes, but you don't see it a lot. And if you think about the process of building muscle, you'll be building the muscle that's under that fat. So you have to get rid of the fat first before you can really see that muscle, and that takes a long time. So she knew that the goal of fat loss and trying to change her body shape was something that if she was purely going to go on what a scale says and how she looks, that it was going to be very defeating because you don't see the early changes. So she wanted something she could see or feel something that was tangible sooner. We knew that focusing on strength, focusing on squat, bench, and deadlift, and we have a couple other goals in there as well. She wants to do a pull-up and some other things. But we knew that if we focused on that, you can see that pretty quickly. You can fix squat technique from week to week. You can, you know, kind of PR a bench, especially if you're new, uh, in just three or four weeks, you know. So that's stuff that kind of motivates you sooner while you're still working on this underlying long-term goal of building muscle and fat loss. So that was why we decided to focus on fat loss and powerlifting. She uh, also likes um, group activities and doing things as like quote-unquote a team so she liked the idea of powerlifting as she would go to a competition she would meet other women other people who were interested in fitness and it would feel more of like a camaraderie type sport there are different sports uh, like when i help people for aesthetics aesthetics is a little harder because people do have a little more of a uh, you versus me kind of mindset Whereas in powerlifting, uh, you know, you're only as strong as you are. You can't, you know, if somebody comes in and they can squat 100 pounds more than you, there's no defense. <laughs> there's no defense in powerlifting. Uh, so you just encourage them, hope they have a great day. You encourage yourself, hope you have a great day. So people tend to be a little more supportive of each other with strength-based sports. Whereas in aesthetic sports, it's so much more subjective that you get a little bit more of the um, rivalry type of competition feeling than you would in a strength sport where it's objective. You know, you either outlift me or you don't. Uh, whereas when we're looking at the way we look, you know, ooh, you might have bigger arms, but I have a smaller waist. You might be a little bit leaner, but I have a lot more muscle. And it's like, ooh, who's going to win? Who's going to win? Are you better than me? Am I better than you? <laughs> so it starts to get a little more nitpicky. 
Um, now that's just maybe my personal experience. Uh, I have a lot of experience <laughs> coaching people for it and stuff, but I'm sure you know you you get the energy you bring to some degree. So you can go to events and kind of bring a supportive nature, and you're going to find other supportive people. Uh, so it can be supportive. It's just usually a little less of a kind of supportive uh, environment of each other than like a strength sport would be. Um, so all of those reasons are why we picked fat loss and strength, and strength specifically as in powerlifting. Now her history, she has done weight training before. She used to lift as part of her uh, sports, but they didn't really, she said they didn't really know what they were doing, and their coach just said like, yeah, you got to go to the gym on this time and go do these things, but nobody coached her on any of the lifts, and nobody even cared whether they actually did what they were supposed to do. Uh, It was a very crappy program, Uh, but she would go in there. She would go with her friends, but often it would be, you know, like work on growing your glutes, working on like flattening your tummy rather than actually doing sports stuff. (laughs) So it was usually her and her friends just trying to do stuff that would make them look good on Friday and Saturday night more so than being better at their sport. She stayed with it after college. She still went and did like group classes and things. She actually trained and became a coach at Orange Theory for a little bit. Uh, But she never, she felt like she never looked like how active she was. So a quote she said to me was, I felt that if I didn't tell people what I did, they'd never know it by my appearance. And this is back whenever she was coaching Orange Theory. She said that nobody would know that. When I told people, they go, oh, that's cool. But it was never like a, oh, well, of course. (laughs) And um, that's something that kind of always bugged her a little bit is she felt like she was active, but she never looked like it. And she wondered why her appearance never matched her activity level. So that got us in to start talking about nutrition. And whoo-wee, you know, this was was the thing uh, that was causing all the problems. But her nutrition was absolutely all over the place. She had tried uh, any diet, you name it, she's tried it. And she never really overate. She was just ridiculously inconsistent. And she would always feel like a failure because she couldn't stick with certain times or certain types of foods. But this also coincided with some enormous changes in her life. Is When she was in sports, she was so active that that helped a lot. Um, She had to eat at certain times because her schedule was so regimented. And she had a lot of caloric usage from being in the sports. When she got out of college, uh, she went for a period with... Uh, kind of like a meandering type job. She said it wasn't a career type job. She had that for a bit. Then she had to move. Then she got a new job. Then she got into a relationship. Uh, Then she moved again. And unfortunately, she blamed herself for a lot of the reasons why the diets failed, although it was actually just the crazy amount of situational change that she had. She didn't have a consistent structure. She didn't have a consistent consistent uh, like place to live which would be where do you get your groceries how do you prepare your food throughout the day Uh, just she didn't have any consistency outside of her dietary habits so it's not going to help her be consistent in her dietary habits so I was trying to tell her basically you know stop beating yourself up and don't worry if things in the past didn't go well because you're not your past right now like you're in a totally new place 
not only mentally, emotionally, but also physically. <laughs> she has a, a steady relationship. She has a steady job. Uh, she's lived in wherever she lives now. I forget. Um, well, it doesn't matter. I don't want to tell people that, that kind of personal details. <laughs> tell them everything else, but I guess there's no need for me to tell you where people live. But um, So she's, she's living where she's lived ugh, uh, for a couple years now. So everything's going well for her uh, with consistency. So I said, now that a lot of your life is consistent, you're going to be able to be much more consistent with nutrition. So don't worry about the past. There are some things we can learn from the past, but don't beat yourself up for it. Uh, so some of the things we can learn is what type of diets did you tend to graduate? Like, um, like what type of diets did you gravitate towards? Did you tend to pick diets that allowed you to have more freedom of choice, but strict schedule or freedom of schedule but the food choices were very strict or you know did you count and track everything did you count and track minimal what were your preferred type of diets and that way we could start to kind of formulate and create her own Uh, and this is actually what I do with all of my clients is I want to make their diet you know so if, if their name's Cindy, I want the Cindy diet. <laughs> if their name's Josh, I want the Josh diet. I want to make a diet that's theirs, not somebody else that created. And then my client has to fit their life to that diet style. Let's make your diet style. Now, that takes a little bit of time and effort and experimentation. And it's always evolving and always changing. But it's a, a million percent possible because I do it all the time. <laughs> uh, but if you go to our website, www.brutalirongym.com, you can go to free nutrition education page. On that page, the first document link is create your own nutrition program. That tells you the number of calories you should be eating for, protein, the timing that best fits your day, your needs. And then it goes through a bunch of other steps as well. But you can basically write your own diet. You do not have to follow another diet if it doesn't perfectly match your life your lifestyle and your preferences. My goal with clients is to create their own diet that does match their lifestyle, their preferences, their needs. Uh, So that's what I've been telling her is what we want to do. So when we looked at her calories, she would range, oh my gosh, there were days she was under a thousand calories, days she was over 3000. And that would happen pretty much every single week. Uh, Protein, I don't, she never had a day over 150 grams, uh, but she had more days under 100 than over 100. So the majority of the time she was eating, like it might be an 800 calorie day with 30 grams of protein. Then the next day is 2000 calories with 60 grams of protein. The next day is 3,500 calories with 40 grams of protein. It was just, protein was always chronically low. Calories were scattered. And if you looked at the way she ate, she said that she ate healthy. And that's always one of those like fun things when somebody tells me, oh, I eat healthy. I'm like, oh, this is fun. <laughs> so what does healthy mean to you? And I always love getting to ask that question because you never know what the answer is going to be. <laughs> um, healthy is not a good term uh, in regards to any specific definition. I have heard healthy being defined in a million different ways. The way she defined healthy was certain choices. If she had more vegetables on a day, on a certain day, she felt like she was more healthy. If she had, um, like she was, like she thought red meat was bad. Uh, of course, it's not. Uh, she thought, like 
certain things were better, like, oh, no sugar added this, organic that. And I'm like, that ah, doesn't really necessarily mean it's healthy. Uh, so we were talking through a lot of that stuff. And she also felt that when she ate super low calories and stuff that you would see, like, in magazines and on Pinterest, that that was a healthy day. So if she had a breakfast of you know, quinoa with a poached egg and a spritz of sprouts <laughs> and all these crazy crappy foods that no one actually likes. Uh, but if she try, had, a, had a meal like that, so I joked with her and I said, if it was probably a meal that you could take a picture of and put on social media and, and like that was what she considered healthy. If it had a lot of colors to it and it would look good in a magazine, she thought that was a healthy meal. And I'm like, well, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Maybe it doesn't have enough calories. Maybe it has too many calories. Maybe there's not enough protein. Maybe there's too much protein. Uh, like, uh, it, just because it looked pretty, just because it had a lot of different colors, doesn't mean that it's automatically healthy. And that was actually one of the worst things she could do was her healthy days were actually severely underfed. And she would actually have a lot of gut problems on those days because she ate really high fiber and a lot of things that just were, were challenging or new to her body to digest. So we talked about the benefit of kind of narrowing her uh, like food choices for a bit, let the gut bacteria kind of get healthy, maybe even take some probiotics, take some digestive enzymes. Guess, let's give your body some help. Let's give it some regularity. Let's give it some help. So that way you can kind of just, let's treat your body better. Let's give it some normalcy. Let's give it something. We Oh, there's a good one. So I said one of the things you were struggling with when you were coming out of college was inconsistency. Inconsistency in schedule, inconsistency in lifestyle, inconsistency in everything. I said, you're doing that to your body right now. You're, you're giving your body an inconsistent experience every day. One day you're 1,000 calories. Next day you're 3,000 calories. One day you have these foods. Next day you have these other foods. And uh, it's just you're all over the place. Your body doesn't know what to do. So it's just saving everything and it's irritated by everything. You have a lot of inflammation. You have a lot of just gut problems. She had a lot of gas, a lot of bloating, a lot of just struggles because the body was being given such an inconsistent environment. So part of our fixes were to try to normalize that inconsistency and try to get better with giving our body uh, known entities every day so it could start to kind of adapt to those things start to heal and kind of have a better idea of what's happening so with our calories we narrowed the range i started her just between if i could if you could stay between 1400 and 2200 calories every day so that was actually the range it's an 800 calorie range but that was actually far less of a range than what she was using. So it was actually a challenge at first, uh, but that's typically a much larger range than what I would ever want somebody to actually be at long term. That would use, That's like a beginner range, and then we definitely have to narrow it down from there. So we started with the goal of 1,400 to 2,200 calories. It took her a while to get that in um, because she was kind of fighting me on some things such as trying to get to consistent meal options. At first, there was a lot of stuff in the house that she had to eat up. So there was two or three weeks that were just random. And then it's like, hey, you know, for these last couple of days, you'd have breakfast. But one day was, say, like two tablespoons of peanut butter, some oatmeal, and a banana. The next day, tables two tablespoons of peanut butter, but she didn't have time for the oatmeal or the banana. 
Then the next day she just had the banana. Then the next day she had two tablespoons, oatmeal, banana. She put some maple syrup in the oatmeal because it was tasting kind of bland. And then on the way to work, she grabbed this 700-calorie Starbucks drink. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> like, this is what we're trying to correct is not having these crazy differences every day. So I was like, let's just pick, here are three breakfast options that are quick, affordable, uh, you like the taste of them. You can pick one, two, or three, pick whichever one you want, number one, number two, or number three, and just only eat those options. So she was fighting me for a bit. So it took us a while to get within that 1,400 to 20, uh, 2,200 calorie range. And um, then when she was able to do that, uh, since it was a, a struggle, I just adjusted her to 1,400 to 2,000, and now we're at 1,600 to 2,000. So now she has only a 400 calorie range every day, which is pretty typical for most clients. And that is, she's doing pretty good there. We're getting about, you know, a bad week, maybe only four days. A good week, we're hitting seven out of seven. So we're a lot more consistent than we used to be. And even the day she misses 1,600 to 2,000, she might be at like, 1472 you know so it's not far off or she's at 2175 so she's only a little over uh, so our our bad days are still an infinite improvement from where they used to be protein we started can you just hit 100 grams of protein a day and yeah, can we do that she actually did that very quickly very easily so that was great then we jumped to 110 grams of protein and now we're holding at 120 so right now, her goal is 1,600 to 2,000 calories a day with at least 120 grams of protein. The food selection, um, we're focusing on can, can it be convenient so we can be consistent. We want foods that are easy to prepare, they're fast, and we only want three meal options right now because she gets herself in trouble when she starts to have too many options. So we're actually working on allowing her to make up her own meals right now. Uh, but we're only in the theoretical part so far. <laughs> so she can only make them up on paper, not allowed to make them up in, in reality. Um, and just the reason why she, she over-restricts or she just overeats, you know, uh, it just it, we have a little more practice to do before we would kind of run our day more like winging it <laughs> uh, because our, our wings can't fly yet. She can't flap them correctly. So we got to flap those things in a little more better sequence. Uh, but we also learned time block uh, management. So instead of tracking our calories and protein per 24 hours, we track it per six hours. The first six hours of being awake, the next six hours of being awake, then the final whatever hours of being awake. She has a certain amount of calories, a certain amount of protein she has to hit every six hours. I don't, I don't want her to track 24 hours anymore because we were kind of screwing that up a bit. So if we narrowed it down to every six hours, that means within a six-hour span, you're getting one, maybe two meals. So or maybe like one meal and a snack. So she really only has to manage like one or two meals at a time, and that's allowing her to be much more consistent with a 24-hour thing. So... It's definitely the better focus. So she's doing great there. And then the theoretical practice we have is I'm giving her situations, and I want her to pick foods that she would eat in that situation. The three questions we have is when do I want the energy? So when do I want this to digest? So we like actually the three things I've written for her, number one is rate of digestion. So it's not really a question. I just want her to consider the rate of digestion. If I'm telling her, like, hey, we have, you have to eat a meal now, but you're going to work out in one hour. 
does that tell us that we want it to digest quickly, moderately, or very slowly? And so she would say quickly, and I was like, pretty good, pretty accurate there. Uh, we, we would want, you know, kind of a quick to moderate, anywhere in there would be a good answer. Uh, we want the food to come in, we want our body to be able to process it, get it in the bloodstream, get it to the muscles so we can start to work out and have some fuel. So then the, the, the next thing she looks at is, what is my protein? And then the third thing is, what is my energy source? So if we know we have an hour, what is the protein options that digest and would be available within roughly about an hour. And then we look at energy. Okay, if I only have an hour for that food to digest and be usable, would I want to focus on carbohydrates or fats for my energy source? If it's carbohydrates, hint, hint, <laughs> then do I want slow digesting carbs? Do I want moderate carbs or fast carbs? So we're actually talking through this, and she's doing a good job theoretically. Um, just want to get a little more consistency there before we start to kind of give her some days to wing it. Now, right now, she does have to wing it every now and then when there are crazy events, family events, traveling, things like that. So she is getting to practice some of these uh, questions and answers and situations, but we're not doing it on a regular basis yet because we're still trying to we're still trying to push for fast progress. So the less variance we have, the less kind of quote unquote mistakes we have, the faster the progress she's going to make. So she's not overly eager to actually do any of this on her own. Uh, she would rather just follow the options. But I told her eventually, you know, you're gonna to wanna to eat more than three different types of meals. So let's teach this to you even if you don't wanna do it. So I'm actually the one pushing her <laughs> uh, to make up her own meals now because I want this to be a lifestyle thing. I want her to be able to do this for forever. And she, therefore, she's going to need to know how to blend in more variety and have uh, just a little, little more options in life. Then for training, since she wants to do powerlifting, we have two workouts a week that are powerlifting specific. She actually does squat, bench, and deadlift all three of the lifts on both of those days. So that way she can practice the technique for all three lifts twice a week. Then the other two workouts a week, so I'm aiming for four weight training sessions, I gave her some options that she can do at home, or she can go to Orange Theory, uh, do some classes, whatever it is, as long as it's weight training. If she goes and does like a cardio-based class, then we're just going to count that as fun. We're not going to count that as a workout. We are only counting weight training because weight training is going to increase caloric burn in the recovery aspect between workouts, so she'll burn more stored body fat by having to recover from the weight training aspect of the weighted workouts. And that's the only way she's gonna build the muscle and the strength she wants is from actually moving weight loads, resistance training. Now, could she do plyometrics and some other things? Sure, but not at 170 pounds. <laughs> so uh, we're not into the place of using our body weight yet to build strength and muscle. Um, we're using external weight loads. So that's why she has the goal of four workouts per week, two of them being uh, powerlifting specific. The other two, she could pick from the workouts I gave her or she can go do some group classes. Now, how's that going? Uh, overall, she's doing really well. We went from 200 pounds down to 170, so congratulations. And uh, she's feeling great, and she has absolutely seen a body composition change. She's gone down in pant sizes, gone down in shirt sizes. The things she used to wear at 200 look like 
you know, goofy dress kind of like dress up clothes. They look so huge on her now. Uh, she had to go buy a whole new wardrobe. She said that she's on the verge of having to buy another one. Uh, so she's excited, but also like nervous because that's a lot of money. <laughs> so, uh, but she's doing good. She's making great progress. I'm very happy for her. Uh, and then her strength has definitely gone up, but we both said that that's kind of an easy, that's an easy win. Uh, so it was actually funny when she hit her first PR, on uh, Squatch, uh, she wrote, I think it was something along the lines of like, like, oh, you're a genius, you know, I'm getting so much stronger. And I said, well, thank you, but you're so new to this that I don't want to take the credit for that. <laughs> I said, don't think I'm a genius yet. <laughs> Meaning that um, when you're newish to lifting, and especially new to really fine-tuning technique, you're going to make some PRs quickly. And you're going to notice almost like week-by-week improvements. So I said, tell me I'm a genius when we're about a year or two in and you're still hitting PRs. So we were joking with that. Is it worked exactly the way we wanted. Is the strength training aspect is giving her motivation. It was giving her, when we first kind of started, it was giving her that week-to-week thing to work on, to focus on, other than just stepping on a scale and whether she was disappointed or not every week. Uh, so rather than looking for the scale day and having that be the determinant of her all of her progress, we were seeing progress in weight training. We were she was feeling progress in like hitting little new weights or an extra repetition where she couldn't do that repetition the week or two before. It worked great. Is that it gave her that initial uh, wins, like the wins in the process. But now she's lost 30 pounds and changed clothes, and so she's getting the wins now in aesthetics and on the scale. But it was a great idea to throw in the performance-based, like strength-based component at the beginning of the process because it did help give those uh, early motivators, the early motivation with having those early wins in the process. So I thought her story would be fun to share. Uh, If you like the idea of these kind of podcasts, let me know. And I'll go through and do like um, more like intermediate or advanced level clients if you think this might be fun. Uh, I wanted to start here because this is probably has some elements like the trainer, my client said, is this is elements of what they work with on a regular basis. So I wanted to share this one because that's what the trainer thought was the most helpful. But if you want to learn more advanced stuff, if you want to learn other types of uh, focal points, so aesthetic sports, if you want to learn uh, athletic sports, if you want to learn health issues, like I help people with uh, different type of nutritional disorders, anything that's of any topic that would be specifically interesting to you, just let me know and I would love to do more of these uh, client overview podcasts. I think they're a good one for this type of in-depth topic because I can just sit here and and ramble on (laughs) for 30-40 minutes and it seems to fit the the length component of what we wanted these in-depth podcasts to be. So I hope this stuff is helpful. Again, please let me know if you want to know anything. I would love to answer any specific questions and make sure the podcast is 100% what you want. So thank you for listening very much. I appreciate it. If you like the podcast, please share the podcast. If you like the podcast, please consider donating to support the podcast, which you can do on our website. Also, if you like the information we share in the podcast, you can find more from us on our social media channels. You can find us and follow us on Instagram and YouTube under the name Brutal Iron Jim. As always, I hope this was helpful, and thank you for listening.